5,510 days since Spurs last won a trophy. And another trophy-winning manager has been sacked. Today, we talk all things Spurs. What is going wrong at that club? Roll the intro. Hello and welcome back to the Lost in Possession podcast. First things first, hit that subscribe button. It takes one second, it's free, and you get weekly football content straight to your door. But we will get straight into it, straight into things here. We are talking Spurs. Now, again, there's been a, a wild variety of, of trophy-winning managers come through the doors at Tottenham Hotspur and seemingly fail to win that all-elusive trophy. As I said before, 5,510 days since Spurs were last won a trophy. Today, we're going to talk, was it right to sack Conte? Is there any manager who can turn this around at Spurs? We talk potential candidates for the for the role. Obviously, we know Stellini has been given the role to the end of the season, but we will be looking ahead to the summer. And finally, we, we try and address and try and analyse where is this mentality coming from at Spurs? Why do they consistently fail to win trophies? We'll get into all of that. Reese, we, we will come and start with you on the other side of North London. Antonio Conte, was it right to sack him first and foremost? Obviously, it, it was mutual consent, but you know it was clear that he didn't want to be there. Levy didn't want him there. Was it right? Yeah, I think that's just a polite way of saying get out, basically. Um, yeah. <sighs> They have no choice. I personally don't think Levy had a choice. I mean, we've said it before, Conte only seems to do two years at a club, etc. So it's no real shock. But with the drama that he did after Southampton um, with that press conference, I think it just meant there was no turning back. I think Conte was looking for it. And I think the board were looking for that reason to give him the push. So, yeah, they, they had no choice. Jamie, do you share those feelings? Oh yeah, yeah. He had to go. You like as the board in their decisions. When someone's mouthed off like that, you, you can't have it. You can't have it. Otherwise, it just means you're a complete weak board. That's really the decision. And let's be honest, it's not been a success on the pitch either. They're not like falling away, but. It's it's not been good enough for Spurs and Spurs fans are starting to were starting to turn on him, if not quite a lot of them. Um, they're already sort of charting out people's names, <laughs> who could be the replacement. So yeah, it, it it was it was inevitable really. It was just when, not if. Yeah, agreed. I think it's it's been coming for a while, and it seemed you know we joked about it several times on the podcast. Every time they lose, it you know. Conte's seemingly sort of throwing his toys at the pram, um, slating the squad for their mentality, bemoaning the club. And I think it, it was clear from the press conference, but at Southampton, he he, he lost the plot he, and he reached boiling point. And I think that was the culmination of, you know, again, we've said it before, Spurs' league position suggests that they're having an OK season, but so many Spurs fans I know have, have been not, not enjoying the football under Conte. You know, negative, dull, quite boring football round. And although, yes, it was getting them up the league table, ultimately, there's still no trophy. 
top four looks potentially in doubt for them. And looking at Conte's stats as well for XG, you know, 1.31 a game for, for a, a top four side is just not good enough. Um, and in terms of just quickly, we'll get on to sort of comparing managers, but even stacking the, the, those stats up against, you know, Pochettino's previous run at, at Spurs, XG of, of four, Conte 1.31. Even in Poch's worst tenure, it was 1.7. So he's so far off. It's just not acceptable for, for a club that is supposed to be a big club. Um, and I've got to say, it is kind of entertaining the way he just blew up in that press conference and, and just slated the club, the owners, the players. Um, I mean, it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, I know we'll touch upon sort of other reasons later. You know, in some aspects, he's right to call people out. But it's, there's a way of going about it, you know. And, and you think of as well, like the style of football. You can put up with dross football if you, as long as you're winning games. People can people can say that no, they want fancy football. But I'm sorry, but there's no point playing fancy football and you don't win anything. You know what's the point in that? You know, it's. I think I think the problem was is it wasn't even that the football, yeah, it wasn't great, but they weren't exactly winning games. That's that's the big issue. Was it? You know, there was scraped by wins, but then yeah, it was just dross for a lot of the time. So I can see why you just lose your patience. You know, and it's just. Think, what's the point of playing that way? It's clearly not working. Yeah. And there wasn't many redeeming. Again, we've said it all throughout the season on the podcast. There wasn't, there's not been that real, real performance where you think, oh, wow, this is, this is the Spurs, you know, the fans know. Only, the only memorable win I can think of was against Man City. There's not been any other well, standout. Conte wasn't there. It was the well, there you go. There you go. So yeah. maybe that says it all. But, um, on, just on that, finally, before we move on to sort of where we think it's all gone wrong, Mourinho had an art of of being able to call out players and, and have negative interviews or press conferences, but usually get the right response from particular players. And I think Conte has done that so regularly, but none of the players or, or there's not really been any step-ups or standouts. And I think ultimately Spurs fans have lost patience as well, where... He's digging out the squad after every loss. And, and you know, when, when there's rumours every single week almost of him leaving, it doesn't really help the stability of the squad. And it obviously damages damages their motivation as well. Yeah. Um, he's got to take responsibility himself as well, isn't he? You know, like, yes, the players are to blame in some aspects, but, like, he is still the man in charge when they got knocked out of the League Cup, got knocked out of the FA Cup, had an absolute abysmal performance against Milan. You know, if you look at the FA Cup and League Cup, if they'd have gone through, they'd be well in with a chance of winning those. You know, so he needs to look at himself and say, you know, maybe, you know, oh, what what did I do wrong? But I don't think he will. That's the strange thing. He's a bit like like you mentioned with Mourinho. Them two are similar-ish managers with the sort of slightly defensive, more-minded and will call out bullshit in press conferences. And they don't care if a player's ego has been shot because you're not doing it for them, like the manager is not happy with you. So I don't think they're going to be that bothered about the way they've acted in press conferences. Like Conte is not going to regret that Southampton press conference. In terms of, I think you're actually wrong about the um, FA Cup one. I, I can't remember who they got knocked out in the League Cup by. I think it might have been Forrest. But you're playing yeah. Sheffield United. Now, they're doing well in the championship. Yes, the Spurs are fourth and 
Sheffield United are second in the championship. It's just things that you should be putting out a team and they should be winning. Spurs have gone, like, they knew they weren't going to win the league. I know there was some people who put them high up there. That was ridiculous. But to say that they can't go into the FA Cup and look who's in the sort of the semi-finals. Grimsby were in the quarterfinals, for God's sake. Like, the teams that you see there, you're like, Brighton are in it. So Brighton are doing what Spurs should be doing. Sort of they're playing good football and they're progressing in cup competitions. Now, Brighton's are having Brighton's having a great season, but for someone who's meant to be in the big six, it's just simply not good enough. And I think a performance like the game against Sheffield United, you should be able to put... He's put out a fairly strong team and the teams let him down. So I think on that game, he's a bit harsh. But then you talk about like the Milan game. There's like That's when you're playing the better opposition. That's when the manager should tactically get it right. But to score zero goals against the Milan side that can't say... Bang out. Yeah. Bang out Milan side. To be fair, Sheffield United rested players as well. That's why I think it's unacceptable. But also, yeah. that Milan side were bang average. That Tottenham team of three, four years ago would have torn them apart. That's the difference. He's not using the players to their strengths. And it was just shocking. Yeah. And FA Cup alone, you know, they'd have a trip to Wembley on their hands. And again, I think, how did it work out against City, wouldn't it? Who yeah. is the one big team they've somehow, we don't know how, been able to consistently beat. So... They'd be looking at that going, we're, we're, we're seriously got a chance here. But instead, you know, they've lost the championship side again and again and again. Um, let, let's try and analyse this. Obviously, there's a lot of probably, you know, sports psychology and, and various things that come into it. But we'll give our, our amateur psychological opinions. Where, you know, Spurs have had trophy winning managers. Mourinho and Conte are obviously the standouts. But it does just seem this sort of inevitability to, to bottle it and this as we've you know the colloquial term Spursy has come about for, for for bottling it so how do we try and analyse why consistently they are failing to win trophies I don't know about fully consistently but look at their squad for how much they've spent so they I'm looking on transfer market and last summer they had a net spend of 139 million euros and i look at the players and what richarlison zero premier league goals romero is a loose cannon spurs fans love him but he is reckless at times and you need you need someone who's a sure center back with someone like him otherwise it just doesn't work and i don't think spurs have that already and then Basuma, um, I forgot they he'd signed for Spurs. Truly, like this, this that's the big. They're the three biggest payouts, and nothing's gone well for them. So it's a bit confusing as to sort of where this money's been spent, really, because they're giving funds to the team, and the squad is pretty poor, like. You've got Eric Dyer at centre-back. He's not a class centre-back. And a Conte sort of team 
you you don't expect to have him there. So I I think he was like out of options and Dyer was one of the only centre backs. He's not a great centre back. Then I just I and I think one actually one big thing if you go away from the defence is Son's form. That's jumped for Cliff. What joint golden boot winner last season? Two abysmal performances. The only one that was good was when he came off the bench for 15 minutes against, was it Leicester and scored a hat trick? Yeah. Uh, uh, people going, oh, he's back, he's back. No, he's been crap all year. And it's, it's like, how does that happen? That's sort of what you're talking about psychological. I don't really see what's going to shoot Son in the, in the foot to make him play as badly as he is. Is it the other players? But the only person who's performing is Kane. And Kane continues to perform. And really, it means absolutely nothing once again for Kane. Yeah. I think it's a it's a mixture of things. Because there are players there that want to be successful. But there's definitely, obviously, the pressure. Look, they're a big club. But as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It's all about here and now you can't just live about how great you used to be that's one problem it puts a, pro- a pressure on you as a club second of all of course their finances are a little bit tightened because obviously the stadium move so I do understand that but I think I think it's just been I don't know I think they've got a lot of players that have been there a long time and they're players who have not won anything and you having that mentality around isn't good. They need to be freshening this squad up. There's no point bringing Perisic in because I think Bayern and Inter would have won trophies without him in the team. It doesn't matter. But they need to be bold here and they need to take inspiration from Napoli who got rid of their three best players in the summer in Koulibaly, Insignia and uh, Dries Martins. Um, Them three went and even the owner was like, they were holding us back, basically. And look where they are. So maybe they need to just shake up the squad a little bit. You know, yes, you can bring in a manager that suits the style of them players, which I think they will, but it needs freshening up. And I think Levy needs to relax himself a bit and understand that it's probably better for the team to let some of the big names go. Look on Levy. talking Kane leaving. You talk, or are you talking like Son? I think they could get a good. I think they'll still get good money for Kane. I think that could be reinvested in a in a striker of a good caliber. I think Son is edging towards the door, but I think the issue with him is the market value they've got, particularly from South Korea and other parts of Asia, is probably too much for them to let him go. I I also look at Dyer, who can probably go. Larice, who looks like he's finished. Um, the only consistent performer that's been there a long time that probably deserves it, other than Kane, is Ben Davis. I think he'll stay. But there's already four players there in that starting eleven. You can freshen up. It's a big bold move, but there are players out there to replace, and I think they could get good players in for the fraction of, you know, what they're already holding out for, and they just need to do it. And it sounds horrible to do, but it's got to be done. Yeah, teams have got to freshen. I think, yeah, you're right with teams have got to freshen up because like, even if you look at the top, when Sir Alex had United, he got rid of big-name players to keep the team fresh. So 
Spurs haven't got the problem of the big names who have won things. They've got some big names, but it's not working. So you maybe maybe you need to spe- sell the players and then rebuild into a I know a younger squad who are going to play good football with an exciting manager. The problem is though this season again again going to the stats um, and this is the Premier League since since twenty twenty one. Their, their, their expected goals has been 98 and the goals scored is 112. So they've been outperforming their XG. And the reality is there's only one man behind that and that is Kane. So if I think they do... last season, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. All right, fine. you got to, yeah, got to give him credit for last season. I guess that is since that is since November 2021. So Kane and Son, that duo, and obviously we know they, they broke the record for the you know most combined... Goals and assists duo. Um, the reality is, though, if they lose one or, or, or somehow both those players, despite a freshen up, I, I don't think that's going to help. You know, if they're overperforming their XG with those two, I don't think they're going to start overperforming it with it with a new squad. Obviously, that that's just my opinion. But let, let's address the mentality. Um, and I want to talk Levy because... For me, the the issue with Spurs comes from the very top. It comes from Daniel Levy and and the mentality. Reese, you you touched on it about the stadium, and and they've got this fancy new stadium which looks brilliant, can fit you know what sixty thousand capacity, brilliant. But what is the point of filling a stadium with sixty thousand people who are unhappy, who are bored, who don't enjoy the football, and Levy can't deliver them trophies? Now, the comparison is, of course, my club, Chelsea, where, yes, we've probably got the smallest stadium out of all the big teams, 42,000. But do I care as a season ticket holder? Absolutely not. Have I enjoyed us winning trophy after trophy after trophy? Absolutely. So that extra 18,000 capacity means absolutely naffle to me as a fan. So the, the mentality comes from leaving. He's more concerned about building a nice, fancy stadium for all these sponsorship deals all these fancy NFL games, some great beer in the in you know in the stands, but bottom line is he's now handicapped himself. He's handicapped the club, so they can't invest as much as they want to in all these young and exciting players. And for me, that's why Spurs are failing. It comes from Levy and it comes from the top. And if he if he was less concerned about building this fancy stadium, kept the sort of forty thousand White Hart Lane, kept the atmosphere. He could have invested this billion pounds in the squad and they might actually be winning trophies. And I think he's the man to blame for, for this big period of, of failing. Um, I'm, I think you're a bit harsh on the whole stadium thing because that White Hart Lane needed a freshen up and just going to context, I do think you you Chelsea want one and all. They want to expand it. They would have expanded it if they could. So I don't really think that's what's going to impact the trophies because during that period of when Arsenal did it, they still won a few trophies. And at the it, moment, Spurs would take a few trophies. But it did limit their spending, though. That, that's my point. Arsenal's move to the new stadium did handicap their spending for quite a while, which, in my opinion, did affect the team. And I think Spurs have done the yeah. exact same. Yeah, this is similar to what I've said before, though, isn't it? I've said that I find that Levy, who is a good businessman, by the way, let's not knock that, but he's he's 
I found he copied the Arsenal model so many times over the years, which it, it did make sense. Let's be honest. Arsenal were famous for finding gems, you know, and selling them for big money. It was, it was a genuine successful business plan. Go to the Emirates. He hires the same person that designed the Emirates. Why? Because it made sense. It was a great stadium. But he forgets that between 2006 and to before, just up to the FA Cup win in 2014, that was a very poor, poor, poor period. Like, it was bad, you know, having to sell players to bigger clubs, you know, and if and, and the worst thing that's hit Levy now is really he can't afford to have that model now because you have to spend money in, in football. You can't rely on that system. Football's changed. And that's one of the big issues with him. It's not all his fault. And the stadium move made sense because they were able to fill it. But he needs to maybe have a bit more of a longer term vision, which I'd like to think he does have. I think he does. I think that's the, probably possibly the problem. He's having such a long term vision of how much money this Spurs stadium can generate because they're built. They're also building an F one track with the stadium. They've got the NFL games that are being played there. So I think long term Spurs could be very rich in terms of the extras they bring to the stadium, but it does massively hurt you in the short term. Yes. But I still feel like they're spending more money than what Arsenal were under Wenger at that time. And I just think they're spending it very, very poorly. Because you look you like I just mentioned a few players there, it was Richarlison. Wasn't a bad sign in, in before hindsight, but it's not worked. And you've got to look at why it's not worked. And I think that's due to their scouting, really. Yeah, it, it does make you wonder who is making the decisions. Because if you look even through through the last 10, 15 years, how bad some of the signings have been. You know, Pochettino seems to have had a, a, bet, had a better run of luck with it, maybe because they fit what he was trying to do. But if you think of these players, that time they bought him, was it Gilberto, former World Player of the Year? Absolute flop. Um. Eunice Cabal didn't really work out. Uh, Esso Okoto probably didn't really work out. They brought in Jorilio Gomez for big money at the time. You know, and then as well in that same summer, they sort of let Bobby Keane go for some reason. Dimitar Berbatov go. Jermaine Defoe go. Brought them all back. And it was all just like, who's making these decisions here? Because they're all flops. They're all poor, poor flops. You know, some of them have been good, but there was a lot They were really bad. You know, and for a club of that size and that level, you can't keep doing that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I don't, I don't see, I guess before we move on, what I was going to say is, is there any obvious signings? Because I was going to say, I don't see any obvious signings for them right now in terms of, oh, that player would absolutely change, change the club. Is there any that comes spring to mind for you guys that could be a move in the summer that could transform the, the current playing style? Anyone that screams out? It depends on the manager they're going for. It depends who they're going to sell. I think personally, if they want to prove a point, I think Victor Osherman would be affordable for them if Kane was to go, because that money could be reinvested really easily. Um, if they wanted to go for Romelu Lukaku, they probably could, depending on what his situation is. Um, I mean, they're, they're big, big names, but sometimes they have to do it. I mean, they could start looking at other... Younger players, hungry players, like the Borussia Dortmund players, you know, them, them sorts of things. There's there's potential there. But, it, yeah, it depends on who they bring in first. 
I think they need to get a centre centre half really, and probably actually a goalie as well. I think Larice has had his time. He makes countless errors every season now, and sort of like all goalies make errors, they do. But Larice seems to make more than most, and I think he would that could help. Um, I think the centre back to go with Romero, I think will help him. And will help out the whole team. I think if they sort out, sort of, it's the core of the team. They just need to sort out. I think, and I don't, I don't know who I need. To, I would need to look into it, but it's sort of that. That's what I think they need to focus on. Because if Son gets firing again, then you don't, you don't need to sell him. Kane's continuously scoring. Kulaveski is, is a good player. He's not world-class, not well-beater, not on the level that Son can reach and definitely not on the level of Kane. But you don't have, you don't always get three world-class forward lines. I know every team would like it, but it's not always the case. I think, yeah, I think the defence, if you sort out them centre-back roles, whether it's four at the back or five at the back, sort out the centre-backs, that will, I think, help them and progress them. But I also think Spurs... And probably what their fans would want is just exciting football, because they've been bored. They've been bored stiff of Conte's football. Um, I don't think they they didn't particularly like some of Mourinho's football, although some of it was good, exciting counter attacking football, which I don't think you even got that with Conte. But that's I think it's the playing style that Spurs will be looking forward to as fans even if they don't win a trophy. They want to enjoy the game. You're meant to be entertained by football. Sometimes you can't be, but that's what I think you go with if you're not going to get the trophies. Yeah, for me, for me, it's less about a specific position and it's more about the mentality. I think you need to go for winners. Buying players consistently who haven't won trophies, haven't won things at the top level, I just don't think it's going to solve their problems. Even little free, you know, I think they should. I appreciate it's not always possible due to wages, but they should be looking for me a little, a couple of players that are older, maybe on a free transfer that have experience. I, I mean, a, a random one to throw out there. He's probably at the end of his career, and it won't happen. But a Sergio Ramos or something like that, who is clearly fuming at PSG, he's not really enjoying life. Went there for a paycheck. He has the mentality. Could, could Spurs go for something like that for a season? Get him in. Try and breathe this sort of winning culture win at all costs, something like that. Um, even attacking, get, going a bit of a different route, you know, Nabry, uh, Coleman, pacey wingers, exciting wingers who have, have won trophies. Again, they're players that sort of stand out and I think could be a good fit. Well, this, that's that's a good point though because I was going to mention Ubermencano and Sabitza. Of course, them other two players there have worked under the actual favourite for the job. Um, and I think that is where this links in nicely because that could determine where the transfer business goes. Well, yeah, Reese, nice segue there. We'll, we'll move straight on to our, our final section and we will talk replacements. So in case you've not seen the news, it has been confirmed that Stellini, um, who, to be fair to him, hasn't had a bad run as assistant manager, did get quite a few wins in there. Um, he will be in charge for the end of the season. So as it stands, no change until then. So, but we will be talking now possible replacements, permanent replacements in the summer. So we'll kick things off with, with the, the the name that's been doing the rounds. And if I'm being honest, I think this is more timing 
time in proximity or, or yeah, proximity bias, I'd probably call it. But of course, Julian Nagelsmann, he's had a, a tough week, sacked out the blue. I think his wife left him and now he's been linked with Spurs. So bad, bad week for him. Um, could could he be a good replacement permanently? I don't think so if they don't get top four. I think Nagelsmann will want to go to a club in the Champions League. He's gone from Bayern and he's been sacked, but he's not been disgraced in what he's done performance-wise. <clears throat> so I don't think he'd... I think he'd want to stay Champions League level as a minimum. And he might, even though he might just go, you know what, I'll take a year off. Um, that's how I really see it. I think he wouldn't, he would be someone that would probably excite Spurs fans. I just, for, even though he's the bookie's favourite, I believe, I don't actually think it's going to happen. I think it's just due to timing that the hype's got big around him. Agreed. 100% as well. 100% win rate in the Champions League this season. He's been sacked. Savage. I mean, there are two things about Nagelsmann here. I think, obviously, I think he'd be a bit mad to go for the Real Madrid job because I think it's not going to be too dissimilar to Bayern. Nagelsmann is a tactical mastermind. He will improve Tottenham tactically beyond their, beyond their, you know, wildest dreams. My only concern with him is, one, he doesn't seem to be afraid to call out the board or make comments about the board or something like that, which seems to have been the case with the last two Spurs managers. And we also got somebody who he's delivered a trophy, but he's delivered it for Bayern Munich, which he should have done. He never delivered anything with Hoffenheim or Leipzig, which isn't a criticism, but I would like to think if you can win a trophy with one of them two teams, I think you'd be better suited to Spurs. He'd get Spurs in the top four, but if they want trophies, maybe he might not be that right one for them. You know, it's a very similar situation to Poch, isn't it? He went away and then won a trophy with PSG. So he'd improved the team. But if he's the one to take him to that next level, I'm not sure. But I think he's definitely worth a chance. And Reese, you, you again link nicely. We will talk the next, well, second favourite, if you like. the Not the bookies favourite, but the possible fan favourite. Mauricio Pochettino obviously had you know, relative success at Spurs, generally well-liked by the fans. Is he, is going back to him the right move for Spurs? Um, I mean, you tend to say never go back in football, didn't you? I personally wouldn't, even though he revitalised them a little bit. I think, well, you know, what much better is he going to get from you than what they've got now? Probably belief, yes, but but I think I think there are better options out there for him at this moment in time, and that's not a disrespect to Pochettino, but I think I think he should look at moving on too. I disagree. I think it's probably the one that's going to happen. That's who I'd put my money on is Poch, because he's gone away and actually won a trophy. Um, I know it's only PSG. You know you should win the league. You should win some cups, really. Um, but I think that experience might help. I don't really see where Poch is going to get another big job. He's not going to get offered a Real Madrid job, like you mentioned for Nagelsmann. He's, I don't see who else Poch really goes to. 
that's going to be bigger than the Spurs job again. Um, the Spurs fans have obviously been singing his name while Conte has been manager. I just think, I don't know if it's going to work out, but this is the route I think it's going to go down. And I think they're going to try and build sort of more of a happy place at Spurs rather than what's been going on with Conte. I think that's that's why I'm leaning towards it's going to be Poch again. And on Poch, I, I do think it would be fairly popular decision with, with Spurs fans. Obviously, if Spurs, if you disagree, let us know in the comments. But why what what what's the point? Why why sack him in the first place, move on, get these trophy winning managers, and then just go back to Poch? Like it, it for me personally, it just feels like a, what is the point? Like what, what have you done? Pressure. Levy's under pressure, so he can probably get a bit of stick off his back if he signs a fan favourite. Yeah, but it's just it, the sack almost... the time though, he was doing poorly. So it's more like he's been sat he's been sat for not doing well. It's not like he's a bad manager overnight. He and you could go, oh, he's got more experience now. That there are just a few answers, I think. It's sort of players will go. If Poch is there, like they, as in they'll join because they'll understand how good they were. They become that everyone's second favorite team, didn't they? Under Poch, so I don't know if he's in with that. They competed with the big boys, so I, I no calms. But personally, Levy has to get this right. The pressure is on him so so much. Like we're talking, like they're at the end of their tether here. He has to get this right, or you know, he he could be in a bit of bother. Yeah, I think it's a weird one. I think for me, I, I just. You just what what have you achieved? Nothing. We're going back to the manager we sacked. It just feels a bit bit strange. But let, let's move on to a couple more sort of high profile names anyway. Um Luis Enrique, obviously phenomenal success, club level, country level. He he seems to be linked with every big job, which is normally quite a good indication of his quality and reputation. Could he be a good fit? Is there any redeeming qualities that you guys think? Could he could be a good fit at Spurs? I don't think he'd go to the Spurs personally. I think he'll take any job that's it's a bit harsh on him as a manager, but I think he'll take the sort of easier jobs. I don't think he wants to grind with Spurs. Yeah, not not for me. He might improve them tactically, but I, I don't think he's pulled up many trees with Spain, has he? So I probably wouldn't bother. Yeah, fair. I, I, I'd, yeah, I'd probably agree. I, I don't personally think he's he's a right fit. Um, couple more just to round us off. Again, another manager, same sentiment. Had success, linked with every big job. It is, of course, Zidane. I Absolutely. personally, I, I just don't see him going to Spurs. The pure, plain and simple. He's a winner. And no offense, you know, I just it doesn't feel like a good match to me. Either of you disagree? I mean. He'd be a great appointment, but come on, he turns down all these big lucrative jobs. Apparently, what what would be the point? Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he's really interested in returning back to management. Fair, right? Well, we've got two more to finish up on quickly. This one for me actually makes the most sense. Thomas Frank done very well at Brentford. I think it fits the kind of Spurs mould. He'll get the fans on board, and I think he could progress them. Thoughts. I like Frank. Um, I just don't like leave too fair. Like Spurs can offer the big, big sort of, I know the money package more 
facilities, things like that over Brentford. I just don't see it. I just don't see it personally, though. I mean, if he was to go for it, then then Tottenham would have to bring in the philosophy of of data analytics that that Brentford do for him to for him to thrive there. I I personally think he'd be a little bit out of his depth otherwise. Okay, and final, last but not least, Roberto De Zerbi, current Brighton manager, shown a bit of early potential. Stats-wise, he's got some great XG stats, big chances created per game at 2.86. That's big. Any chance of him succeeding or going to Spurs? I do think there's a bit of a chance for this. Um, unfortunately, Brighton just can't compete with sort of the bigger teams on pay, pay really. That's why Potter's gone. That's why you're seeing McAllister saying he's probably going to leave in the summer. You're seeing links with Matoma. It's unfortunately it's very likely to happen. Um, I think he's a good manager. He could do well, but you don't know if this is like one step too far for him. Personally, I think he should stay at Brighton for at least another season and then maybe make that big move, but you don't know who's available when. I'm not sold on Deserby personally. I think he's a bit overrated. I think he again he's fitting a system at Brighton that's in place. You know, I I mean, yeah, he won a cup with Shaq Dardanes, but thirty five percent win record it's a Swolo or, or I think Benevento twenty percent, you know, that's that's poor. I think I think it'd be very lazy of Spurs to go for someone who's been in a job six months. I think they should go for somebody that's at least got some developed track record over a couple of seasons. Well, there you have it. That just about wraps us up. As always, Spurs fans in particular, let us know your thoughts. Who would you like to see take over? But as always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill.